Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. It's November, and November is Adoption Awareness Month. Today, I am honored to be speaking with Lucas Boyce. Lucas Boyce is an author, sought-out speaker, and advocate for the adoption community. Lucas travels across the country delivering his message of character, faith, and perseverance while seeking to instill in everyone he meets the belief that they are built for something more and have an opportunity to make a positive impact on their generation, regardless of their background or upbringing. Previously, Lucas was the Director of Community Relations and Government Affairs Department for one of the NBA's elite sports franchises, the Orlando Magic. Prior to working for the Orlando Magic, Lucas served at the White House and on a presidential campaign in a variety of different capacities, spanning three separate offices of political affairs, public liaison, and the office of the vice president under the tenure of former president George W. Bush. Currently, Lucas serves as the assistant to the county administrator for Orange County, Florida government. Lucas is a published author and professional motivational speaker. In addition, Lucas is an advisor to the Financial Aid Network, LLC, and Global Institute of College Planning. Lucas is the author of Living Proof, From Foster Care to the White House and the NBA. He travels the country and abroad presenting on topics that include faith, leadership, teamwork, overcoming obstacles, and making a positive impact on the lives of others. Lucas has served on a number of nonprofit boards, He currently serves on the advisory board of the National Coalition on Adoption Institute. In 2015, Lucas was awarded with the Nelson Mandela Global Leadership Award by the National Black Caucus of Local Elected Officials. The University of Central Missouri named him their 2012 Outstanding Recent Alumni. In 2011, The Orlando Business Journal recognized Lucas as the 40 under 40 man of the year. Also in 2011, the Junior Chamber of Commerce named him one of their 10 outstanding young Americans. Lucas resides in Orlando, Florida. I'm honored and thrilled to have Lucas Boyce as our guest today to kick off National Adoption Awareness Month on FASD Hope. Today's episode is titled Living Proof, a conversation with Lucas Boyce. God's plans and his purpose are certainly more powerful than our life circumstances. Lucas Boyce. 
For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Yep. Amen. Amen. Welcome to FASD Hope, everyone. It is November, and it is National Adoption Awareness Month. And I am so thrilled. I have goosebumps right now because I have been waiting to speak to today's guest for months. And I have read his book, which is on the FASD Hope resources page of our website. I highly encourage you to read this book, Living Proof, From Foster Care to the White House and the MBA. Today's guest gives me hope. I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart. I look to today's guest as a mom of a young adult that has an FASD and who has been adopted and who has been through many trials. I look to today's guest as a beacon of hope. So with that lengthy introduction, I am honored to welcome Mr. Lucas Boyce to FASD Hope. Lucas. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Natalie. I appreciate the opportunity to come and share today. And I'm grateful uh, for that opportunity. And you, your perfect scripture to start out in Psalms 139, 13 and 14, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that we know that and that God knew us from before we were even in our mother's wombs. And he's, he has a plan for us. Um, that's my life scripture. So thank you for starting out like that. Amen. Amen. So let's start your amazing journey from the beginning with whatever you're comfortable in sharing yeah. about your foster adoption journey sure. and, uh, and how it made you who you are today. So I have, I'd like to begin by telling people I have two moms. I have a black mom and a white mom. And my black mom is my biological mom and my white mom is my adopted mother. And these two stories came together to intersect with my life in 1979. And I'm just so grateful for both of them. My birth mother was 18 years old when she had me and she was um, on the street. She was struggling. Um, she'd gotten caught up in the wrong crowd and, and, and struggled with alcohol and, and substance abuse. And I would be doing your listeners and, and viewers a disservice if I didn't acknowledge my own struggle with these things that my mom had. Um, but uh she couldn't take care of me. And uh, they found out that she was pregnant about three months in and she'd been doing drugs and alcohol and those types of things. And so I was severely impacted in the womb with FASD um, and came out as an FASD baby. I came about six weeks premature. I weighed about four pounds um, and I was in the NICU for about 10 days because of the decisions that she'd made. And I was born uh, the way I was born. And so um but from that 10th day, I went to the foster care home of Dorothy Boyce, um, and she became my a foster care mother. She shares the story that she knew about me and that I would be her son um, seven years before she ever met me. And the way she shares the story is she was in her bathroom getting ready in the morning for the day. And the Lord had an experience with her where she looked into the mirror and she saw a black baby. And a voice spoke to her and said that this baby will be called, that this baby will be her baby. And then it would, his name would be called Lucas Daniel Boyce or Lucas Daniel, sorry. And 
mom took that away, took that experience away. And, and you fast forward in time from that experience he had in 1972 to me being born premature in, in 1979 in May 19th. Um, and then later on May 29th, literally my second birthday, I call it, um, is when I was introduced to Dorothy for the first time and taken from the hospital to her home. And so she's been my mom ever since I was 10 days old and really um, has been um, the central uh, hero in my life story. Um, she is a person that my adopted mom that over the course of, of 15 years had over 40 foster care children. Um, she adopted six of us. She had four of her own and my stepdad has three girls. So we're a big family of 13 right now. But at one point, my mom, my, my, I call her my adoptive mom, um, my white mom, if you will, um, had a, was a single mom of 11 children and was doing everything she could to make the ends meet. And she, what she did was she got a, a grant from the government and took a two bedroom, one bath farmhouse and built it out to be a eight bedroom, five and a half bathrooms, three kitchens. There's a kitchen on each level. And in the basement, how she, how she took care of us growing up was um, she had a daycare that ran 24 seven in her basement all the time to help ends meet. And um, she told us at a very young, young age uh, to remember and to rehearse and to memorize Psalms 139, um, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made and that, um, that we should know that, that God had a plan for us. And that was important for us, especially those of us who came to my mom from foster care or in adoption, coming from no means at all, or coming with disabilities known and unknown at the time, FASD just being one of them, right? And the different ways that that manifests itself has been challenging throughout the course of my life. But I also look to my God in heaven and his son um, for faith and for hope. And in the midst of my disabilities, they haven't, they haven't defined me. Um, I haven't been defined by my disabilities because I was, I am willing and I believe in a God that, I believe in a sovereign God um, that, that, oh, what's the best way to say it? I believe in a sovereign God that has everything under control. <laughs> and uh, he has me under control. And I know that he um, has definitely worked in my life. And I would not be where I am without his mercy, without his grace, without his kindness, um, and without the kindness that he instilled in my mom. Amen. And as a mama, I love hearing how your mom made those accommodations, made those supports, just did not stop. She, you know, there, there's a saying amongst us, us parent advocates that, no one will fight for you the way your parent will, the way your mom will, the way your dad will. No one will fight for you. And and that we know our kids better than, you know, anybody else except mm -hmm. for the Lord, <laughs> except yeah. for the Lord. So and in a nod to Adoption Awareness Month, my mom, if she I tell you today, if she could, she'd still be adopting children mm -hmm. and still be trying to make a life that's better for them than 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 everybody else. And with that adoption is is especially for me means so much because uh, in our family, mom didn't treat us differently. She didn't treat her birth children differently than she treated her adopted children. And her birth children, by virtue of, of having a great stable home, um, didn't have a lot of the disabilities and things that we did. And, but our mom treated us equally. And she saw all of us as her children, whether we were her blood children or not. And that's, I think, the, 
the cool part of adoption because you get all the rights and responsibilities of what it means to be a part of a family. And we talk about our, our Christian family, the family of God and how we're adopted into that family and what that means, how we're all treated equally with equity um, and with special care. Um, and I'm so thankful for a mom, a coach in my mom that was doing that for all of us growing up that taught us way before I heard Dr. King's uh, I have a dream speech. I was learning about diversity, equity, and inclusion from a mom who had this multicultural home where my, her, even her family disowned me. I actually had an uncle, my uncle, her brother uh, refused to baptize me because I was, I was, I was black, you know? And so uh, she really took on a lot of criticism in having a diverse home and adopting black children, adopting those with disabilities and things like that. And she had tons of Monday morning quarterbacking. So it's, 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 it's instructive and encouraging for us to hear your take on that and all the other moms out there that understand how hard it is to be a mom and especially be a mom that's bringing together all of the different things that she brought together to try and make a better life for each and every one of us. Absolutely. And Lucas, I'm so thankful for you, your message, your advocacy, and especially your book, because we as parents, um, especially as parents of children that have FASD, other brain-based diagnoses, we know that this is a very isolating journey and adoption can be a very isolating journey as well. So what we are thankful for, you know, when we hear from adult adoptees, especially adult adoptees with FASD that have overcome, I think the word I would give you is overcomer. And like one of your quotes, when you, and, and I'm going to quote you, when our hard work, determination and opportunity meet with grace, anything can happen. That yeah. gives me hope. And that I think builds community. If we can share our testimonies and our stories for the purpose of not only helping others, but for serving God, then we are building a community that is strong and that is faithful. And, and I just see you as, as a leader in doing that. So I'm going to thank you a lot during this interview because what you have done and what you are doing really, really makes a difference. Thank so you. let's talk about, you know, we're talking about our faith and in your book, you have so masterfully just use your words and your, your stories and experience to teach us about many things, your faith included, especially let's talk about your faith on this journey and how um, you can communicate to other families, the role of faith and how it's played in your life. Yeah. So before I do that, I want to read a little bit about from my book, what FAST children go through, um, which will then be instructive about how I utilize my faith. Um, but it says that after a child with fetal alcohol syndrome was born, the environment she's brought up in and before the county of social workers maybe become involved, it is often very negative to the child. Children with fetal alcohol syndrome are often premature and underweight, just like me. Um, they're have with small heads or, and, and, likely, and they're likely to remain unusually small and thin. That's me too. Um, many are mentally uh, handicapped. The average IQ of an FASD child is 68. They may also experience seizures and a host of other medical and psychological problems that are not outgrown as the child ages. Other characteristics of an FAS, 
are growth deficiency, central nervous system dysfunctions that lead to impulsivity, memory problems, and learning disorders. All of that is me. Uh, I, I flunked kindergarten. Um, I had to redo that. I, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm about five foot six on a good day, right? Um, and I'm lean, I have a smaller head, smaller frame. Um, I've had learning disabilities um, and I've had a lot. I say all that to say, but then I go back to Psalms 139 and 13 and 14. that says that he knit us together in our mother's womb, right? We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're made as masterpieces. And so mom had us repeat again and memorize this ad nauseum so that when people told us about our FASD diagnosis or when people told us, hey, set your sights a little bit lower, Lucas, you know, people that are born to you know, people on the street or people that have, um, you know, grown up the way that my birth mother was was raised in or grew up and the decisions that she made, set your sights a little bit lower. They always tried to help me um, by setting my sights a little bit lower because I was an FASD child. But I believed that I was built for something more, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's what I think that means in kind of today's speak, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made means that we're built for something more than our current circumstance. And so, yes, I'm small. Yes, I have a smaller head. Yes, I have learning disabilities. Yes, I have some mental health things that we're dealing with and all kinds of different other disabilities, known and unknown because of this diagnosis. But I go back to that scripture in my faith that he knew all that beforehand even so much so that he gave my mother a vision, you know, seven years before I was born. And then when I was two and a half, my mom was in the bathroom again, getting ready for the day. She had totally forgotten about this experience. My original name was Graham Delo Jones, and she didn't really want to call me that. And so she, I looked like the neighborhood kids. And so the family at the time voted on a name. They voted on Lucas and they also voted on a middle name and it came up Daniel nobody having any knowledge of that experience that my mom had with the Lord in 1972 or 1971. Um, and then she has this experience where she sees me in the mirror and she sees her baby now, her foster care baby, and the voice speaks to her heart and says, in present tense this time, this is your child and his name is called Lucas Daniel. And that's when she reached out to my birth mother to ask her if she'd be willing to sign the papers to allow her to adopt me into her family. Again, that faith in the faith of my mother has been a absolute strong foundation for me because there's been lots of ups and there's been lots of downs um, in life that we all encounter, regardless of disabilities or abilities or not. Um, and it has been the faith of God, my hope in God and his sovereignty and in his protection and in his guidance and in his care um, that has brought me this far. Am I perfect? No, I'm not. And the FASD diagnosis proves that. But I am perfectly created, um, even though I'm not perfect. And I believe in that because God makes all things perfect. And he sees me for what I am. He doesn't see me as a small person or a kid with learning disabilities. He sees me as a soul that he's created, um, that he wants to do good for and good with to other people and for other people. And that's why I'm here on this earth, to point men to God and victory in the defeat um, with, with, with everything that I have in every moment, even in my worst moments or my good moments, to point people to Christ, to point people to God, um, because he's the person that can change your situation. Again, when, you know, opportunity and hard work, 
um, meets with grace, there's not anything that can't take place. Amen. Amen. And Lucas, for the first time ever podcasting, I'm crying, but they're good tears. They okay. are good tears. You want to and... make bad tears. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am crying because as a mom, hearing your testimony, hearing you speak so wonderfully about your faith and, and who you are sharing who you are, um, again, it just gives me hope as a mama. It does. And you are much older than my son. And um, my son is in that beginning stage. And you talk about that in, in your book, you know, your different stages. And mm-hmm. I just... I, how old is your son? He's 19. 19. He's 19. And you give, so he is, so your son is right at that point where I graduated high school a little bit late because I flunked kindergarten because learned disabilities, blah, 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 blah. Right. But it was 19 when my mom pulled me aside after graduation and she had one of her fireside chats with me. She (laughs) said, Lucas, what's next? What do you want to accomplish and how are you going to get there? And it's the perfect time to instill in your son, what's next? What can you dream of and how are you going to get there? You know, because that's right where I was. And he probably has a few things in mind that he'd like to do. So, yep. Yep. And what I love to, you open your book with the most amazing story of how you have this wonderful tenure with former president George W. Bush and you open your story about being on air force one and your Mm -hmm. mom leaving that note for your mom on air force one, which just spoke to me. That was just, it's such a victory that, that your, that story just symbolizes so much for the readers, especially readers like me. Special day. Oh my goodness. You tell your mom at age 19 that you want to share your faith and be a missionary for God. You want to work at the White House. You want to fly in Air Force One. You want to work for an NBA team. Most people, it's like each one of those goals are in and of themselves life accomplishments. And I didn't know any of that. All I knew was that I was fearfully, wonderfully made Mm -hmm. and that he says, ask, seek, and knock. And so that's what I did. I just, I told my mom my dreams. And I told my God my dreams and I put those in his hands and was so incredibly blessed that over the course of 10 years, from age 19 to 29, he said yes to every single one of those things. And I'm yes. an imperfect minister, um, ordained minister, um, and I try and do my best, um, but I've been blessed to have worked at the White House, um, to have flown on Air Force One, and to have worked for an NBA team. Um, all by the age of 29. And some people say I peaked too soon. <laughs> um, but I think you're still peaking. <laughs> I think you're started. still peaking. Oh, we're my goodness. Started and we have lots of other big dreams and goals. But most of the time, I'm just focused on um, what he can do in the lives of other people, because I've seen what he has done in my life. And I want to offer that to other people. And that day on Air Force One, to be able to fly home, to the region, Kansas, I'm in Missouri, and and to be able to have a special tour of Air Force One by the pilots for my parents while I was at an event, got to see them on the rope line. They got to see me walk down the steps of Air Force One, their son, 
that that had had this FASD um, diagnosis that had gone through so many different trials and tribulations um, at up until that point. So to be able to write that note to my mom and leave it where I sat on Air Force One, knowing that she would come and see where her son sat on that plane um, meant a great deal to me. And it meant even more to me, the surprise when I got back and she had written another note on Air Force One stationery um, about their experience and how they were so happy um, and proud to be my parents. And I hope to continue to try and make them proud and happy um, for the rest of my days. You do. You all, listeners, you need to read this book. It will give you hope. And it's an amazing, an amazing story, an amazing journey of Lucas's life. I'm going to quote you from your book. And I love this quote. I highlighted it. And I showed Lucas before we started talking. I probably have close to 100 post-it notes in this book because as I was reading, I just, just highlighted and took so many notes. So I love this quote you made, of um, Lucas. I love this quote. Authentic heroes quietly cross our paths each day unrecognized because they're not defined or classified conventionally. Rather, they can be identified by their core characteristics. And I love that because you share your core characteristics in this book and how your mom instilled those in you and your brothers and your sisters. Absolutely. And that's such a powerful thing that we can teach our children, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a, a foster parent, a biological parent, a, a, an adoptive parent, or whether you are an educator or a social worker or somebody who is fighting for advocacy like Lucas, you and I were both yesterday on the FASD legislative phone call, you mm -hmm. know, and no matter how you serve your community and no matter how you serve children, having those core characteristics, that's what makes you an authentic hero. And I loved, I love that quote. And that's and, something. And, was, and I'm thinking about my mom when I'm, when I, when I wrote that, um, because mom's not on Facebook, she's not on Twitter. <laughs> I hope we're she listens to, to this. I hope we can get her to listen <laughs> to this get, podcast. You can, can get her an email version of the, you can listen to the, audio. I will, Absolutely. I will figure out a way to She's get this somebody to probably you might want to interview as well. Yes. Um, she is one of those quiet heroes, you know, not rich, um, doesn't have a lot of Facebook followers and, or any followers, friends, any of those types of things, but she was willing to do the blocking and tackling of each day of what angels do and of what those who are miracle workers do. And the mommies out there like you that are dealing with this, um, the teachers out there that are so patient with our kids with FASD diagnoses in school, you know, all of you, those are the people I'm talking about, those authentic heroes that go unnoticed because oh, it's my job to be a teacher is like, yeah, but what you're doing with so many different children and specifically all the different range of things that you'll get in a classroom with respect to ability to disabilities um, is just pretty extraordinary. So I have a real soft spot in my heart for mommies out there, um, especially for teachers and for mentors and that wraparound kind of community yes. um, helps really, really, really raise a child um, and to coin a phrase and to borrow it again, it really does take a village um, to do it right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and many of our other guests, Lucas, have talked about the importance of having like this community around their children who they know 
can support and understand their children. And you share that in your book and you share that in your journey that having your mom and your family and those people who got you and understood you, it's wherever you were, you had that, you know, that, that core following you, which is wonderful. And that's what we hope to do. You know, we, as parents hope to do is, is to create understanding, to create um, compassion, to create encouragement, and especially hope, you know, so that our kids can do amazing things just like you just again, I, I am just so thankful to know you and to know what you're doing for how you're serving the Lord and how you are serving the adoptive community, the FASD community, so many communities. So let's talk a little bit before I make another quote from your book. Let's talk a little bit about where you are now, because I mentioned you you were on we were on yesterday, the FASD legislative phone call. You're working for Orange County government. You're doing a lot of things. Let's talk about you. You worked for former President George Bush, which you just talk about in detail in your book, which is so amazing. You had a wonderful tenure with the Orlando Magic and doing amazing things for them. Let's talk about what you're doing now. We're doing now. So we're doing everything they asked me to do. (laughs) Uh, I am blessed to work for the county administrator. Um, I report directly to him and he kind of functions as the chief operating officer of the organization here. Um, And so I'm his assistant. And so it's not an executive assistant, um, more of a utility player. One big thing I'm doing right now for him and for the organization is we're doing a research project on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And what that means for our organization, what it means by department, um, and how we can implement that um, in our day-to-day workplace uh, with a culture. And so putting together the research on that and taking it to the mayor and to the county administrator and our senior staff to get buy-in and those types of things, um, it's, it could be writing a speech uh, for the state of the county, which is our version of state of the union, or it could be writing a letter to, uh, 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 on behalf of, of the county administrator to somebody. Um, it could be leading a research project on towing fees or public comments. And it just, a lot of different things, a lot of different projects. And it's basically project-based, but I kind of call myself a utility player that does whatever they ask me to do. Um, when I was searching for this job, and I had had a struggle. Um, I had applied for 650 positions over the course of about a 33 month span um, after I left the magic and um, really, really found it hard to get employment and was so thankful to have a relationship with the mayor of Orange County um, <clears throat> before he was mayor. And I went and met with him when I was in town for a speech in 2018. I said, I really would love to come back to Florida. If there's room on your team. I'd really like to join it. And he said, I'll call you. And a lot of people said they'd call, but he called and um, his chief of staff called and then Byron, our, our county administrator called and, and I was blessed to be able to come here um, when I was searching for this job because uh, intentionality is important to me. I had some goals for, for myself and I said to God, it's like, I want to work for an organization that's doing the most good for the most amount of people. And I found it in this nonpartisan local government um, where we're not doing and any of the stuff you hear on CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, we're doing real work every single day. Um, with COVID, I've really, really seen how local government really need, has to stand up and um, distribute services and help those in need. Because we have a, a service-oriented economy here and a workforce that is um, 
sensitive to any variations in market conditions and things like that. So people aren't coming to Florida, which is specifically Orlando, which is a global destination. Um, in 2018, I think we had 75 million visitors that came here um, just to this area, to this region. Um, and so this is an important county. It's the fifth largest county in Florida, um, the third largest state in the greatest country on earth. And so um, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hours, um, but it's very fulfilling and meaningful because we have 1.4 million people, 1.4 million residents here, and I get to serve them every single day. Um, and I have a servant leader mindset where I am here not to make money. I am here to serve those um, that need it most. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to learn and grow and stretch completely different than uh, the federal government. Now, I, I thought that this would be an easier job than it has been because, oh, I work for federal government. It should be da, 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 da. Nope, totally different. And I'm thankful because it's really stretched me and it's helped me grow um, in a number of different ways. And so I'm really thankful for Mayor Dimmings, um, for him picking me to, to, to join his team and for County Administrator Byron Brooks for joining or for having me join his team. Wow. Wow. I, I have no other words, but wow. I, Lucas, you, you are just accomplishing so much and you just you feel as like sometimes, but I'm <laughs> trying. Sometimes it feels like things are oh slower my than goodness. Can be, but oh anyway. my goodness. So now you are also, we have a mutual friend in the Munns family, Spencer and yes. Lindsay Munns, who are dear friends. Spencer and Lindsay Munns are wonderful of, friends. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about how they connected you with doing FASD advocacy. Yeah. So I had given a random connection. I had given a speech. Wait, wait, uh, we know... Lucas, you and I are both believers. We know there's no random connection. We know there's it's no, all God orchestrated. Right. And so I gave the speech and one of the people that was at the speech, everyone got a, a copy of the book, um, Living Proof. And this book was on one of their, one of their uh, counters in their kitchen. And uh, Helen, who knows Spencer and Lindsay, was over at this person's house. And they know about FASD and they've been doing these types of things. And they're like, what is this um, book on the counter? It's like, oh, this guy spoke to us today. And she took it home and read it. And it was all about, you know, I was an FASD child and da, 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 da. And so um, she didn't know me at all, um, but she knew where I kind of worked. And so former mayor, Teresa Jacobs, um, called me here at work. And I'm like, why is the former mayor calling me? What did I do wrong? Um, and so she called me and was like, hey, you know, would you be willing to meet with Spencer and Lindsay Munns and um, Helen? And I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely, by FASD. And so went to lunch with them in, I think, June of this year. And since then, have been blessed to join FASD United board. And we're joining the Orlando Health Foundation board here locally. And we've been advocating for FASD, both at the state level and the federal legislation that's um, that's been introduced. And so it's been a real, real blessing because I get to take my experience and turn it into advocacy. And I haven't had that bridge or that platform to ever do that because FASD, not very commonly known. Um, and people, and I haven't really talked about it growing up and things. I just said I had disabilities known and unknown. And so, which is, which is the truth. Um, so to have this connection to them um, was definitely a godsend. Um, and we've been able to take them through um, meeting all the commissioners and the mayor to talk about FASD and advocate for it. 
Um, we've spoken with state senators um, and we're continuing to have um, productive conversations with anybody that will have them with us. Um, and I've been really, really fortunate to have a strong partnership with both Spencer and Lindsay um, Munns and Helen and others who have been so gracious to, to open doors for me where I could help them and help this cause. I am so thankful. I keep saying thankful, but I'm so thankful for you, Lucas, and that you're working with FASD United and doing all of this amazing work. Again, I, I watch you. I'm learning from you and you are this beacon of hope for me. And I pray that anyone listening and, you know, their friends and their friends can learn from you and read your book, follow you, learn, you know, what you're doing for the FASD community, for the adoptive community, for the community, for the greater community. You, you have such a servant's heart, Lucas. And for that, I am just so, so thankful. So to my mom, because without her, I don't know that I would have a mindset that would and be so I am, I am thankful for your mom too, because yeah way long before I became a mama, she was doing the work of 50 mamas and she, <laughs> she instilled in you. She was accommodating before people called it accommodations. She was creating equality and recognizing diversity long before that was a conversation in our society. And she most importantly, just showed you love and showed you Psalm 139 that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want to tie that to a quote from your book that former president George W. Bush said, I love, he told you this back in when you, um, in your young, I want to say it was around um, 2000 or so, maybe when you met him, 2000, 2001. 2002, yeah. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Thank you, 2002. He said that everyone belongs that everyone deserves a chance and that no insignificant person was ever born. Yeah. That to me is just, it, it's the truth. And, and, said that, and that was in, that actually is a quote from his first inaugural address uh, uh, to the country. Um, I love even that. Back then he was, um, he didn't get a lot of credit for this, but he was very, very, very keen on people yes. and trying to meet the needs of everyone. Yes. Um, and what you saw is what you get. And, and he was um, a wonderful person to work for. Stressful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I, lo I love hearing it's your so journey. Fulfilling. I yeah. love hearing your journey and, and how the role you played in his administration was such an important role. And, and I just I love it. Again, I'm going to recommend this book to everyone I meet. Living, living Proof. I love it. I want to give you a platform, Lucas. I want to give you the tallest, biggest platform that I that that I can give. What takeaways? We're we're gonna end on hope takeaways, but I want kind of more you to talk now a little bit about facts or just things that you want people to know. What are just some important takeaways from your book, from your work that you want people to know? Um, just just to teach. Yeah. If you could use this right now to teach people, what would you say? Well, I would tell them that no matter what their circumstances are, um, good things can happen. No matter what we're going through right now, uh, that we, if we have a mindset that, ooh, I'm almost there, I'm almost there. I didn't know in, as a 19-year-old that within 19, 20, 21, 22, within three years, I'd be an intern at the White House. 
Um, and all of the headwinds said, said no to me, um, especially after 9-11 when they were closing down Washington and actually weren't going to have interns that year, that semester, and at the last moment decided to. Um, and so I was, uh, what I want people to take away from the book is that um, it doesn't matter what you're going through, things can get better because of who you are and who you've been created to be. That if we're built for something more, if we believe in what's possible, if we're willing to do the hard things, if we're willing to um, um, not give up, if we're willing to understand that character comes first, those are the takeaways I want people to, to, to go away with. Um, that I'm not perfect and this isn't, you know, this is some concocted story, you know, looking back on revisionist history, this is what happened. This is living testimony, living proof of God working in the hearts of men and women all over the earth in different ways and in different places. And so that's what I think I, I want people to take away, that they're built for something more, that the current circumstance is not the reality for all, um, that to believe in what's possible, no matter what's in front of you. Um, to not give up when things get hard or when things, um, when you're tired um, and to remember that character is first um, and that how we treat people. Um, I mean, I learned this lesson from George W. Bush. My very first lesson in leadership was from him. Like I was a random kid on the South Lawn for a random photo opportunity. He took the time to chat and talk, um, asked me who I worked for, was, took an interest in me. Right. And then I had the, the fortunate honor to, to take a personal photo with him. And I shook his hand after that. And I said, sir, I'm praying for you. The cause is just. He says, thank you. It is. Um, and I thought that was it. Just a really cool day on the South Lawn. I called my mom to her. I got the president. I was excited until the next day when my mom, when, sorry, when my boss came back from a meeting with the president, he says, you made an impression on the president yesterday. And of course, I'm wondering what that impression was. <laughs> and um, he's like, and he says, you know, the president called me over in this meeting after the end of this meeting he said hey i met this guy in south lawn yesterday he said he works for you. what's his name again it's like that's lucas i was like well what's his story and my boss at the time ed moy um who went on to become the 38th director of the u.s mint um I went on to tell him a little bit about the story that i've shared with you and your in your and your listeners today about growing up in foster care with disabilities known and unknown and having these dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And the president did something. He said, what can we do for him? Let's bring him on board. And the takeaway for me from that was that it didn't matter who I was. I wasn't anybody that can give him money for his next campaign. Couldn't help him with the black vote. I could do nothing for this man. But he took the time to chat, had the presence of mind to remember who I worked for, followed up, asked about my story, and then went one step further and said, give him a job. Let him join. They didn't know my politics. They didn't know whether I was an independent Democrat or Republican. They didn't know any of that. But when that's why I have become such a George W. Bush fan, because he taught me this first lesson that, you know, the true character of a person, how they treat the person that can do nothing for them. You know, the true character of a person, by how you treat the person that can do nothing for you. I couldn't do anything for him. I was. And so from that day to this, it doesn't matter whether it's you a president, the mayor, the county administrator, a commissioner, or the person at the corner of Church Street and Division asking me for a few dollars so that they can get to the shelter tonight, everybody's a VIP. And that's what he taught me. And the key takeaway, I think, is if we're willing to treat everyone in life like they truly are a VIP, that's when things will start to move for us. That's when your character is so solid and, and 
good that doesn't matter what comes at you, it can't break you because you have this character in you that says that you're going to treat everybody the way they should be treated, which is like VIPs. And it shouldn't matter who they are, what their abilities are, what their um, what their gifts or their talents are or are not. Everybody has inherent value. And again, back to Psalms 139, it says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're built for something more that proves that. Oh, thank you. I, I keep thanking you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So besides your wonderful book, Living Proof from Foster Care to the White House and the NBA by Lucas Boyce, like by Lucas Daniel Boyce, how can people get in touch with you? You are a speaker. You're a motivational speaker. You're an author. You've done so much. People are listening and I pray saying, hey, I want this guy to talk to our group or I want this guy to, you know, give a webinar to our group or something like that. I'd how, can, that. how can I'd people get that for anybody that's interested? I'll, I'll just give you my email address. Yes. Um, it's LDB at Lucas Daniel Boyce at Lucas Daniel So it's LDB at lucasdanielvoice.com and, and my um and my um my social media handles are all lucas d voice at either facebook or twitter or instagram um so if people want to follow me and, and, and get connected i try to um share inspiration on my social media posts and so it's not a lot about personal things or different things like that it's it's a platform to really hopefully to inspire hope and to give people something to, to hang on to, some nuggets of wisdom and things like that. And so. as a social media follower of Lucas, I can tell you, yes, he 100%, his, his posts are inspirational. So, and I'll be listing those, um, I'll be listing those handles and those links and Lucas's email in today's program notes in case you would like to get in touch with him and talk more and learn about what he can do for your organization, your nonprofit, and again, I'll list that in our program notes today so people can can reach out to Lucas if you want more information or if you want to learn about how Lucas can speak to your organization or your community. So, Lucas, this has been OK. I'm not supposed to say this, but this has been my favorite podcast of 2021. You have and I've had a lot of favorites. Um, you have truly inspired me. You've motivated me and you have you are hope personified. You really are. And I am just as a mama, as an advocate, as a podcaster, I'm so, so thankful for you, for you sharing your journey and your story and for you sharing your heart and how you want to help others. So I give all glory and credit to God. Amen. It's all him, Amen. not my strength, not my ability, um, not anything that I've done on my own. It's all been God's grace and his mercy and his gifts. And so I'm mindful of that because I have disabilities. Um, and, and I'm thankful, though, that in the midst of disabilities, I don't have to be defined by those. And other people out there, you don't have to be defined by your disabilities either. I love that. So, I but, love um, that. Trying to instill hope, but um, yeah, I know that the only real beacon of hope is, is, is God. And so I just, again, want to point people to him and say that I'm an example, living proof. I'm an, a living example of what can be done um, when people pray, when people believe, and when people are willing to not give up and believe in what's possible. I usually end on a hope takeaway, words of hope, but Lucas Daniel Boyce, you are a hope takeaway. I, Your story, your words, your heart, give, give us all hope. You are our hope takeaway. So Thank you. Thank you 
so much for kicking off National Adoption Month and for sharing your journey, sharing your heart, and especially giving us hope in your story and your success. And we will find a way to get this episode to Lucas's mom so that she can hear and, and, and love on her son and be proud of him for, for just having such a wonderful, wonderful episode um, and sharing just everything that we all need to hear. So mom, mama, great job. (laughs) And, and, and thank you for um, just Thank you so much to Lucas's mom for all of the love, caring, compassion, and values that you have instilled in your children because they are making a difference in the world. And um, Lucas, you are making such a difference in the world. And I am so honored to know you. So thank you again for being on FASD Hope. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners and you. And I'm grateful. And I don't take the opportunity for granted. Thank you again. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and review. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week. And remember to be informed take care, and always have hope.